Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's uh, the Super Bowl is over. Baseball's <laughs> on the clock. Uh, as soon as the uh, the touchdown pass was was caught by McCole Hardman to end the Super Bowl in the NFL season, uh, baseball was next up, and the Guardians are next up. Uh, pitchers and catchers reporting to uh, Goodyear, Arizona, for uh, their first workout schedule for the 15th uh, later on this week. Uh, so really not a lot going on right now. A lot of these guys are already in camp. They're already there working out. They have been working out for a while. Uh, but just the uh, sort of the the official uh, we've reached that date sort of moment, uh, it, it all sort of clicks. And I don't know, I, my juices are flowing. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get into this. How about you? Definitely, Joe. I mean, this past week, has been the weather's been so nice. It's been a couple like opening day, opening day temperatures almost for Cleveland at least. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's starting to go now. Once the Super Bowl's over, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean they you know pitchers and catchers report what the thirteenth with physicals on uh, the fourteenth and the first. You know, uh, they, their first workout is the fifteenth. Then the position players roll in right after that. Yeah, and then shortly thereafter is is uh, you know we've made a big deal in, in past years about uh, you know Terry Francona would have his big his first introductory talk and his speech to the to the whole club and and basically everybody in the traveling party. These these are the guys who who they're going to be with for the next six months and you know uh, you know what happens in this room and, and that kind of th- yeah. those kind of conversations. Uh, those will be taken care of by Stephen Vogt this year, and this is his first, uh, you know, opportunity now with all these guys coming into camp and and being there uh, around them, his chance to sort of you know put his mark and, and make his impression on the players, the organization, the support staff, everybody. Uh, this is these next couple of days are big for Stephen Vogt. Yeah, that you know the uh, speech before the first full squad workout. Always important for every manager. I mean, Francona managed forever and still sweated bullets about it. You know, the uh, night before, getting ready, worked on it for days. And I'm sure a vote is going through the same thing. You want to set the tone. You want to say, you know, what kind of manager, what kind of game you're going to be. I mean, what kind of game you, you, you expect uh, your team to play. Uh, I'm sure they'll go over some rules, but most managers don't have too many rules. And I know vote. You know, from talking to him in the winter meetings, he he likes he likes structure, he likes rules. 
but I don't think, you know, he's played for a long time. I don't think it's going to be like a taskmaster. Right, and and this is a guy who we know knows how to, you know, sort of, you know, break walls and break break people down and, and, and get to know you on a, on a personal level. He's really good at that sort of uh, interaction. I, I could imagine that, you know, it, it's going to be, uh, there's going to be a little fun, but when it t- comes time to be, be serious about things, he's got uh, a group of guys around him that he brought in. Uh, you're talking about Craig Albernez, a, a guy who he, he specifically wanted to, to bring in as, as a bench coach uh, because of his prior experience with him in the, in the, the Rays organization. Uh, what's this going to look like? This dyna- that, that dynamic fascinates me for the upcoming season. Because in talking to Albernez and talking to Vote, both of them said, you know, hey, we're not, you know, lockstep, arm in arm, agree on everything sort of guys. We're going to be guys that, that challenge each other on things and, and you hopefully get something good out of all of that. Yeah, Mike, Har- Mike Hargrove told me a long time ago, if you're a bench coach, you got to have a thick skin because, and you got to have an idea. You always have, have to have an escape plan in your back pocket, you know, to help the manager out. So, yeah, that's going to, it's always an interesting dynamic. Uh, you know, there's always some give and take there. So that's going to be fun to watch. The whole the whole staff is new, basically new to vote. So, you know, that's going to take some time to get on the same page as well. You know, you can talk to everybody. You can do Zooms during the off season. You can come to Cleveland. But it doesn't really start to mesh until you get to spring training and you're doing baseball every day. Yeah, and one of the big assets that he's going to have is Carl Willis has, has stayed on. He's going to be there. Uh, familiar faces like Sandy Alomar, like Chris Valleca, who's been there the last couple of years. Uh, there's there's going to be that continuity for the guys in the clubhouse. But for Vote, he's coming into a completely new situation with these guys. He's got to build relationships with them as well as the players, and and I think that's you know one of the challenges. We sat here before we started recording and we started listing these challenges. Uh, that might be challenge number one right off the bat is build those relationships quickly with your assistant coaches and the guys in that that inner circle in that room who you know they they're going to determine how the season goes yeah and and it it depends you know it seemed like uh francona really delegated a lot of responsibility you know his bench coach was the guy that went around the locker room and told everybody the night before whether they were going to play or not you know so everyone you know he kind of gave Get, let everyone do their thing, and it'll be interesting to see how Vote does that. I mean, he's saw, he's been around, he's played with a lot of different for a lot of different managers. He's seen how you know the give and take, and how you know the working uh, relationship between coaches is. So you know, it, it's it's all going to be kind of uh, you know kind of a, a new experience for everyone. Yeah, and and we're not saying that any of this is bad. That, that you know, this is what a new manager, a guy who's never managed in the big leagues. It, it, all of these guys have to go through that. Every every new big league manager has to go through that. Different though for Vote because he's not only a new big, big league manager; he's a new manager at any level. He hasn't level uh, managed in the minors. He hasn't even managed, you know, a, a high school team or a college team or anything like that. That's not to say that we don't think that you know he's capable of doing that. It's just a matter of this is something that he's going to have to face that inexperience. Yeah, and it and it is, and uh, you know, I think obviously being a catcher is going to help him. You know, I know, uh, you know, from talking to Bob Melvin and Tori Lavulo, two of the managers that uh, that he played for, 
Uh, you know, they always thought that this guy was going to be a manager. He asked, you know, different type questions. He was in, interested in strategy. He was always looking ahead, you know, to the next inning and the inning after that. And as a catcher, you you pretty much got to do that as, you know, as part of the job. So I think, you know, that part of the game will suit him well. Yeah, and, you know, we, we sort of sat here and listed some of these upcoming challenges for, for Stephen Vogt. Let's, let's get into them. Uh, and just break them down through the lens of how we think Stephen Vogt, you know, could possibly, uh, you know, decide to go on some of these these decisions, or you know, what the impact could be of based on those decisions. Uh, let's just start with, you know, the the big uh, the big battle, the big position battle in camp. You know, this is really his first big position battle. Every position battle is his first big position battle, but this is the the marquee one of camp uh, shortstop. You're going to have Gabriel Arias. You've got Brian Rocchio, who's coming in as hot as as any player uh, could possibly come in uh, to camp right now, based on his uh, winter ball in Venezuela, his team winning the the Caribbean World Series. Uh, a lot of fun there, and and he's looking like the kind of player that this club and this franchise envisions him to be. Uh, Gabriel Arias is sort of the guy that they're waiting on to sort of you know pay off on all this potential that he's always had. Uh, Based on what Stephen Vogt decides and, and which way he goes with this uh, position at shortstop, the starter at shortstop, you know what could be the fallout or what could be the the benefit from from choosing either one of these guys? Yeah, I think uh, you know Arias. I mean, both guys are unknown quali- quantities qualities to to vote, but you know probably Arias has a better tra- a longer track record with the the organization. You know, with the front office, they've they they've seen him play what 90 100 games at shortstop last season so they've got a feel for him I, I would imagine he'd have the inside track and but I think that it's going to be a revolving situation Joe until somebody just comes out and grabs a job and takes it takes it over we know Arias can play all over the diamond we don't know that about Rocchio you know we know he's more of a pure shortstop uh, we know uh, Arias can hit, has some power. He had 10 home runs last year. So, uh, you know, all that factors into it, but I think Arias probably goes into camp with a leg up on it. And and, and I agree there. I, I think, you know, I, you know I'm not going to say that it's Arias' job to lose, but it, every, all the signs point in that direction. Is this maybe more of an organizational decision too? Is this maybe coming from higher up than Stephen Vogt that, well, you've got to play Arias, you know, we'll, we'll wait on Rokio or we'll hold him back or, or whatever. Uh, I, I can't see, if Rokio comes out and you're not going to win the job necessarily in spring training, but you could overwhelm, you know, you could overwhelmingly show that you're the guy and, and then you've got questions after that. If you don't put him out there, and you spend the first two months of the season with Arias hitting 180, and uh, you know Rokio has nothing to prove at AAA. Yeah. Uh, if you decide to go that way, then you've cost you know maybe two months of the season when you could have had a kid learning and growing at the major league level. That's that's really the yeah. the sort of position that vote is in. Yeah, that's a great point because you know he had a uh, uh, Rokio had a great year at AAA last year. He was the player of the year for Columbus. Uh, so you know, like you said, you know he's he's shown what he can do at AAA. He, you you fill you know you look at his stat line. He filled a lot of boxes last season. You know, doubles, triples, home runs, stolen bases. He can do a little bit of everything. Uh, the next sort of challenge that we uh, sort of d- determined for Stephen Vogt uh, this 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 idea of injecting power or finding 
more power in the offense. Uh, you're talking about right field, but you're also talking about uh, first base and the potential for uh, you know a, a platoon or a, a situation over there. Uh, you've added Davis and De Los Santos. You don't know what you're getting out of him. He's a guy in the Rule Five draft who you know has all the potential and raw power uh, that you really need. But are you really willing to sit there and wait for it to develop right now at the major league level? Are you going to find at bats for him that way? You got Josh Naylor who had an uh, outstanding season last year, an MVP season last year. Uh, but you've got Kyle Manzardo also, you know, right there pushing down the door and on the cusp of, you know, he needs his big league shot as well. Uh, how do you see that decision going through votes uh, lens? This could be another one where you pretty much have to stay with status quo, but the, the, the De Los Santos factor with him having to stay on the roster, otherwise you got to lose him. Uh, that's that's a it complicates things. Yeah, you know, I think you've got if if, if you look at first base and DH, okay, you've, Naylor can fill either job, so you you've got a guy that can rotate back and forth between the two the two. But you need you need another guy, and then it looks like De Los Santos or uh, or uh, you know Mazzardo or or right there. I don't know if they would uh, you know push uh, Tyler Tyler Freeman into that. Uh, what what about Jonathan Rodriguez or one of those big uh, outfielders? You know, John Kenzie Noel. Or is that a are those kind of guys that that kind of factor into this? So, uh, but yeah, I think uh, you know, I think um, that uh, you know, Manzardo, De Los Santos, uh, and a couple of those young outfielders. You know, they figure into the picture. So that's you know that's going to be fun to watch to see how that uh, you know kind of. Works, it's, works itself out in, in camp. Another young guy who sort of carved his sort of niche out on the roster uh, by being very versatile, uh, playing a little first base as well, was David Fry, and he gives you the added yeah. dimension of a right-handed bat. Forgot him. Uh, yeah. So you can mix him in somewhere in there. If you wanted to go with the all-veteran option or the all-experience option, you, you go with Naylor as your starter, you know, Fry as a right-handed backup or a late-inning replacement or, you know, if you want to move things around. And and De Los Santos on your bench and, yeah. and trying to get him as many at-bats as you can. Uh, really, that's the way I see the, the decision going for, for vote. Uh, but but he could surprise us. He could he could come in and, and Manzardo could, could show up and, and, you know, be, you know, lights out in, in spring training. And it, he goes to Antonetti and he says, hey, uh, this kid's got to be on the roster. Yeah. I got, I got to have him. Right. You know, we need this guy. We need him to develop and and, and play. And the incentive is there for for uh, the Guardians to do that. You know, we've seen if you put your your rookie player on on the opening day roster and he spends the 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 year and 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 finishes high in uh, rookie of the year voting. Gunnar Henderson did this last year. Uh, Julio Rodriguez. And I'm not comparing Manzardo to either of yeah. those guys. You know, but who knows what happens, and uh, you, you earn yourself draft pick incentives if, if that happens, and and that's a big important thing for this club. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. You know, I think this organization, you know, they, you know, obviously De Los Santos, a Rule Five guy, they had to know this situation was brewing when they drafted him off Arizona's roster. I don't think they they usually don't do this stuff just to take a look at a guy and then send him back. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I think that point you raise that maybe him starting on the bench, Joe and Manzardo, you know, he's got an option. He's still a young guy. He could go down to AAA and and you know get off to a hot start and then bring him up if something goes wrong. Yeah, I think Manzardo probably has all three options yeah. really because oh, he has yeah. he hasn't made his debut yet. So. 
Uh, and look, if you go the route of trying to buy another year of Manzardo's service time by keeping him down until late May or June or whatever, you're going to face, you know you're going to face, Stephen Vogt is going to face, Chris Antonetti is going to face, the same kind of backlash talk about uh, that they did about Bo Naylor last year. And it was, hey, you've got a guy for the position that you, you need to fill, this backup position for first base, this DH position, you know, some sort of power. You've got a guy doing that down in AAA. He's been doing it all year. Why isn't he up here? Yeah. And you can't come out and say, well, we're trying to buy him another year of, <laughs> uh, of, of control. You, 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 that, that, that's the pro- that's what <laughs> the challenge that Stephen Vogt faces is having to do the verbal gymnastics every time we ask that question, and we will ask it many times throughout the year. Uh, speaking of asking questions, if you're uh, listening uh, to the podcast, uh, it's uh, it's better to do it with, as a, a, a subscriber to our Guardian subtext. Hoinsey, uh, we love our subscribers and interacting with them. We got some great responses about uh, Corey Kluber's retirement yeah. uh, last weekend and some great interaction just talking back and forth with them. Uh, the best way for you to get in right now is the best time to get in on Guardian subtext. It's $3.99 a month to subscribe. You get text messages sent directly to your phone, uh, and, and we can send messages back and forth to you. Uh, with updates as soon as we find out anything going on with the Guardians, uh, go to cleveland.com slash subtext or uh, send a text message to 216-208-4346 to subscribe. Uh, we've got a couple more uh, of Stephen Vogt's challenges to, to get through here. Um, uh, let's really quickly talk about starting pitching because uh, right now it looks like on paper everything, as long as everybody's healthy and from the videos I'm seeing on uh, on social media and from every report I've heard, the, the the guys who were worried about being healthy are healthy. And if that's the case, you've got five five starters in line right now. Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, T- Tanner Bybee, Gavin Williams, and Logan Allen. Yeah, you know, it was really encouraging to see that video from Driveline on Bieber. He's thrown, what, thrown 93 miles an hour, over 93, which is, you know, he was – probably averaged around 91 last season. And uh, so that's encouraging. Uh, you know, Tristan, we've got to see him, how he makes it through camp. And, you know, then you got the three young guys, Allen and, and Gavin Williams and uh, Bybee. So, uh, you know, that's a solid five if they're all healthy. Who's uh, who's your pick out of those three, uh, the young guys, the, the rookies from last year, uh, who's your pick to have the best season of those three? I think, you know, I'm – you know, I think Bybee probably, but I'm really anxious. I'm really uh, looking forward to watch Williams because I think, I think uh, he could bring it if he st- if Come he on. can make thirty Quincy, starts. I'm trying to pin you down. Give me one name of the three. I, I'm so, I, I, I'm, I think Bybee. Okay, no, no. Make a decision. Is it Bybee or is it Williams? And why not Logan Allen? You know, I, 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 I'm going with Williams. There I'm you go. Williams. You steal mine because that's the one I was going to just. I was going to come out and be definitive and say, "Look, Gavin Williams is my guy. I think Gavin Williams is going to have a hell of a year." And I do. But why not Logan Allen? You know, I think um, you know that. I just you know I, I don't know if he. I like Logan Allen. I just don't know if he's, you know, physically if he can handle the whole season. I think he's a, he's one of those guys that you probably you're going to have to uh, you know, twenty to twenty five starts, twenty six starts. I'd, I'd hate to see him get overexposed. Did you did you think Josh Tomlin could handle the whole season? Because those two guys, 
you stand them next to each other and they're about the same size. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so there's room for Logan Allen to surprise you in the way that Josh Tomlin did. And if Logan Allen surprises you in the way Josh Tomlin did and has a career like Josh Tomlin did, that's probably a pretty good thing for the yeah. Guardians. Well, Tomlin, you know, he was kind of a, a, a tweener, too. You know, yeah. he was back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation, you know. And, uh, you know, I think probably Allen's more talented than than, than, than uh, Josh was, I think. I, I think just, you know, pitcher to pitcher. Right. Hey, but in terms of personality and the way they carry themselves and their pers- uh, you couldn't find two better guys. So uh, that, that that takes care of the uh, the challenge of starting pitching. Okay, uh, we're talking about uh, the outfield. His next challenge is figuring out this, this three-piece puzzle that is the Guardians outfield. One of those pieces should be taken care of and spoken for and, and out, of, out of sight, out of mind, not a worry in Stephen Kwan in left field. Uh, what is he going to do? What is Stephen Vogt going to do with center field and right field well the easy way out would be to platoon but you then you're carrying four five outfielders you know you could platoon florial and 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 uh florial and uh straw and center and uh uh loriano and uh, what's his and loriano and uh will brennan <laughs> will brennan will brennan and right but i think florian i think florial's going to get the lion's share of the work in center well I mean, that's a, and this is a guy who hit 28 home runs. So when you're talking about injecting that power in the offense as well, uh, maybe that could help yeah. in, in that regard. Uh, you lose something, though, defensively without Miles Straw right. in the outfield. If, and, and, and Miles Straw has a contract, and Miles Straw is he's not making, you know, uh, Juan Soto money, but he's making money out there in, in, uh, in, in center field. Uh, is that a guy that you can keep on your bench and just put him in in late innings to to maybe save some runs that way? I think that could be a role for him. But like you said, he signed through, what, 2026. He's got two club options after that. If he could come into camp and just hit like he did in the second half of 2021 – then you then you got your everyday center fielder. Then you don't you don't have to worry about if he's going to hit 270, 280, steal 20 to 30 bases, score 80 to 84, 80 to 90 runs. You got your you got your guy, and he's going to play Gold Glove center field. But we haven't seen that the last two years from him. Uh, we we talked about in this uh, this off season another challenge to to sort of always a challenge to to sort of have your bullpen materialize and and sort of shake out that way and, and see where it's going to come from. Uh, but this offseason, we've heard rumors about you know other teams being interested in Emmanuel Classe. Uh, can can Classe have a bounce back season? And how does Vote handle maybe differently than than Tito did the the workload for Emmanuel Classe, who who's pitched seventy you know seventy five plus appearances the last three years? So where where uh, where do you see the the relief pitchers uh, you know shaking out? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think Class A, you know, obviously they listened to the offers on Class A because that's what they have to do. You know, if you're if you're a GM in Cleveland and, you know, teams are calling about your best players, you get, you have to listen because you might uh, have – they might give you the players you're looking for. They might give you an offer that you, know, you can't refuse. But I think Class A will bounce back. You know, he blew the 12 saves. But, yes, but I think a lot of that, you know, when you throw that hard – 
and you're used that much, you know, funky things happen. You know, you, you he doesn't really get hit hard. It's just, you know, cue shots and little bloopers. And, you know, maybe guys don't make a play behind him. He doesn't hold, he doesn't really control the running game that well. You know, so that if a guy gets on second base and it, with one out in the ninth inning, he's in, he's in a tough jam. But I, I think he'll bounce back. And I think uh, Scott Barlow is going to help at the end of the game and, and uh, you know, maybe take a little burden off off a of Class A in, in certain save situations. Yeah, that's that's the key. That that name right there is Scott Barlow. But I, I also I, I'm anxious to see a healthy Sam Hentges from the from the beginning and how does Trevor Steffen respond? You know, all four of those guys really if they can come through and and have the seasons like like we know that they're their meet their potential do what we know that they're capable of doing uh that's a pretty solid back end of the bullpen and uh you know you don't your your power concerns become a little bit less yeah. if if you can protect one or two run leads now i don't want to see this club have to go into as many games with one run leads late in the game that we aged by <laughs> by 20 years and I can afford to age by 20 years yeah, yeah. in one season. I got no some margin of, us, of error. Yeah, some of us can't. Uh, that was a really rough season last year in terms of uh, anxiety and acids that were consumed uh, uh, in, in the press box. Joe, late I think in the games. They, were, they were, I believe, 27 and 31 in oh. one-run games. Oh, that, That's a lot of one-run games. Uh, but if those four guys I just mentioned can pitch lights out, the way that we we've seen them pitch in the past, you know, uh, I don't want to say I like your chances, but but it's better than nothing. I, I mean, you know, the offense has got to kick in at some point. Uh, let, let's just hope for votes' sake, because because that that's just another layer and another level of uh, you know challenges that he's going to face this year. Uh, but from everything that you've seen of Stephen Vote, your interactions with him thus far since we first met him. And everything we've read, and and you know, just doing deep dives on videos and and things about him that we know. Do you think he can? He can. He's up for this challenge. Yeah, I do. I think this is something he's wanted to do. He's looked forward to doing. You know, as his playing career winded down, wound down, and um, I think he's ready. I think, uh, but you never know if you're ready until you're ready. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? When that first time when a game jumps up on you in the eighth inning and uh, you've got to make some changes and calls, and you know that's that's the test of a manager. Well, uh, well, we're about to find out. Uh, you know, pretty soon. So. Uh, this has been, uh, you know, great. Just looking at the challenges that Stephen Vote faces as uh, as training camp opens, and uh, we'll we'll build on that as as pitchers and catchers report this week. And Hoinsey will uh, will check back in as uh, as you get out to Arizona, and we'll we'll talk about it then. Good deal, Joe.